All right, everyone, welcome to the latest episode of It Was Lee Austin. Of course, I'm Austin. And I'm Lee. And today we're going to get you geared up for uh, SummerSlam 2018 by giving you our thoughts and our takes on an old SummerSlam. This is SummerSlam 2004. So this is, I think, in my opinion, one of the better SummerSlams from the 2000s era, at least. And let's get it started. Six-man tag match. All right, so it start, the show starts with the Dudley boys, also with Spike Dudley, who was the cruiserweight champion at the time, facing off against Rey Mysterio and the tag team champions, Paul London and Billy Kidman. A little bit of a cluster here with some guys. I mean, I think what they were doing was they were trying to incorporate two feuds into one match with Ray and Spike. Yeah. They were in a heated rivalry at the time. And then the Dudleys and the tag team champions of Paul London and Billy Kidman. Um, Dave Meltzer actually gave this match a two, two and three quarter star rating. I was, I thought it was a pretty decent match. It starts with Devon coming out. He works over Billy Kidman, and Billy Kidman gets an upper hand on Devon, and then uh, he tagged in Paul London, and they hit some double team offense on Devon Dudley. And then uh, Bubba eventually. Causes a distraction, allowing Devon to get an upper hand. And then Spike t- tags in, and he goes to work on Paul London. Hits a few running stomps. Bubba tags in. He starts beating up Paul London. Paul London in this match basically was just, a, was just like the punching bag. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And they, Dudley's hit a couple of their signature double-team moves. Then Bubba eventually come, tags back in. He taunts Paul London again with some... With some slaps and punches, you know Bubba. He likes to he likes to talk trash while he's out there. And then uh, Paul London eventually was able to avoid was able to dodge a move, which causes Bubba to actually hit Devon. And then Spike will come in, and then Paul London tags in Rey Mysterio for the hot tag, which Rey Mysterio always fun to watch come off a hot tag. Hits a springboard leg drop off the ropes, and then he hits a Hurricanrana on Spike Dudley, and then. He, then uh, Ray also hit some flying moves on Bubba Ray and Devon. Then uh, Billy Kidman eventually tags in and he he uh, he goes through his signature offense, uh, gets a pin, goes for a pin, and then uh, Bubba just breaks it up with a just a, he just punches him in the face. I thought that was pretty. Cool. Who is this, Billy? Billy he Kidman. Yes. Billy, yeah. Yeah, he punches Billy Kidman in the face. Then uh, Billy Kidman slingshot Spike. Into the ropes. Ray Mysterio comes out of nowhere. Hits a 619. Then Billy Kidman hits a splash, but the Dudleys break up the pin. Then there's a lot of action, a lot of fighting going on outside. And then eventually the Dudleys get a th- hit a 3D on Billy Kidman. And then Spike, who was a legal man at the time, goes and crawls into the pin and gets the win for the Dudleys. So the Dudleys win this match. Yeah, the Dudleys do get the win. I, I thought it was a good match. I mean, you saw different styles. You know, the Dudleys, they're powerful. They're... They like to they like to use weapons. But they didn't use any this time, but um, and then you have and then you have a uh, Billy Kidman, Paul London, and Rey Mysterio all c- kind of cruiserweight guys flying around yeah. and just yeah. run around with using their speed to their advantage. Uh, I thought it was a fun match. Next up, we had Kane taking on Matt Hardy v- V1, V1 Matt, Matt Hardy. Hardy. It was a till death do us part match. Oh jeez, where Lita. Would have to marry the winner of the match. Dave Meltzer gave this a star and a quarter rating. Schick, take it away. 
Well, I guess, I guess I'll start with, this was the bald cane. I think the scariest and best looking cane. Oh, I would agree I with love that. when he doesn't have the mask, unless it's corporate cane. But this is the best cane, and... Uh, and the theme, the slow chemicals. Theme. Oh, and slow chemical, yeah. And Hardy really gets things going before the bell even rings, and he just continues to dominate and dominate. But, and then I think eventually... Kane just uppercuts the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. And then a clothesline and big right hands from Kane as he likes to... He's a big big dude, of course, so he mm. punches. Yeah, he likes the power game. He likes the power game. Matt Hardy's a little bit of an in-betweener in that respect. More of a high flyer than Kane. Oh, oh yeah. Way more of a high flyer than Kane. But then it's kind of back and forth. Uh, twist of fate on the outside of the ring from, obviously, Matt Hardy... And Hardy hits Kane with the ring bell. But Kane puts his foot on the ropes to break up the count. Mm-hmm. And then Kane catches Hardy for a choke slam. But breaks out. But Hardy gets out of that choke slam. And then gets hit with a big boot from Kane. Kane's ever famous big boot. And we did see a few Lita distractions, of course. That's why she's out there. Yeah, yeah she was trying to do everything she can to avoid marrying Kane. And unfortunately, Kane will hit a choke slam from the top rope to finish Hardy. And well, Lita's gonna end up marrying Kane. Honestly, eh, okay match. I I thought it was a couple fun. cool spots, fun match for a gimmicky match like that. It was it was short and fun. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was short. It wasn't too long. Yeah. Overall, I'll give it a C plus. Kind of little nicer than Meltzer was to it, but then again, it's Meltzer. But, anyways, next match. This is Cena versus Booker T. And this is Cena as the doctor, doctor of thugonomics. They are going up for the U, for the U.S. title best of five series. This is the first match. Um, I'm pr- pretty sure the U.S. title was vac- kind of vacant at the time. I think they were both saying that they were the U.S. champion. So they basically decided to do a best of five to determine who's the rightful U.S. title. Yeah, it so it's kind like of vacant at the time. And Doc- and Cena was coming out as the doctor of thugonomics. Old school Cena. I love I love this Cena. Um, that starts off, they you know, they go right at each other, start trading blows. Cena hits a clothesline for a quick two count. Like that was like that was like the key to the early start of this match was they would just they would just hit some quick offense and then go for a pick. Yeah, for sure. Then Booker eventually got the upper hand, hits a neck breaker. He, I remember he like picks up Cena, dropped him on the ropes, and then he kicks him off of the ropes. Dang. Then uh, he hits, uh, hits some knee drops on John Cena. Booker T lo- loved using kicks, his legs and his kicks. Uh, he hit a spinning heel kick. He even used a submission, locked in a camel clutch on John Cena. And saw John Cena. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Hard to see Booker use a camel clutch. Cena eventually, this has become the theme of him. He'll power out, and uh, he was able to drive Booker T to the turnbuckle, get him off his back, and then Booker count, eventually countered that and hits a spine buster. Then uh, picks up Cena, gets a sidewalk slam. Cena goes for the small package eventually for a quick two. Booker goes for his his axe kick. I think that's his finisher, the, axe, the running axe kick. And then Cena was able to get out of the way, takes advantage... Cena's able to take advantage with some boots and punches. Booker eventually gets another... He eventually gets an upper hand. 
and uh, goes for the spinneroony, the trademark Booker T spinneroony. But Cena eventually picks him up, hits the FU, which is now known as the AA today, and uh, he's able to pick up the pin, and he goes up one to nothing in the series. In the best of five series, um, Dave Meltzer gave us only three quarters of a star. I didn't, wow, not even a full star from the old Dave. I didn't think it was that bad of a match. I mean, it was a little, it was a little slow, but you know, I thought I thought they held their own. I I didn't think it was too bad. It was all right. I gave it a B minus. I'm a little nicer than Dave though, so I think both men looked strong and aggressive. They didn't look either one. They didn't make either one look too weak, especially Cena because he's young and upcoming. Mm-hmm. Booker, Booker for being the old veteran, looked pretty decent in there still. Yes. And then we have what's that next match? Oh, triple threat for the IC title: yes. Batista, Edge, and Jericho. Yes. Dave would give this a two and two quarter stars, and Austin's going to tell you about it when he thought about it. Well, I mean, I think we see Batista attacks Edge really early on, and then Jericho attacks Batista. So mm-hmm. Edge and Jericho, I think, kind of d- team up a little bit. Yeah, they started off teaming up on the big against guy. Dave, obviously, to get the big guy out of there. Um, it ends up being a lot. Batista and Jericho go back and forth and. Batista's eventually going for his power bomb, but mm-hmm. Edge will break that up. Yeah, he hits a chop block on him. Chop block, yeah. And Edge gets snake eyed. Mm. I can't remember by who. I might have been. It might have been Jericho. Might have been Jericho. Yeah, and then the lion tamer. Jericho puts a lion tamer in on Edge. You think it's going to end there, but Batista clears it out and goes back and forth with Edge. We see a tornado DDT from Edge. That's a cool move. Mm-hmm. That's, that led to a two count. But uh, Batista's going for a spear, and Jericho breaks that up. Spinebuster by Batista to Jericho, but Edge will break up that pin. There's a lot back and forth in this match, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's eventually won when Edge hits Jericho with a spear, so they don't. I guess they didn't want to make the young Evolution Batista look weak here. Yeah. So yeah, they have Jericho Dave. take a... Jericho puts a lot of people over, even today. So they're going to have him get hit with the pin. I think Edge retained his yes. title. Yeah, Edge yes. retained his title. I mean, I thought it was a good back-and-forth match between three of the all-time greats in the business. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of good... There was a lot of good one-on-one action, too, between Edge and Jericho and, and Batista. The, and Batista in there. All three men had great chemistry, I think. Yes. Yes. I, I I thought it was a little short though to be honest with you. I yeah. said I, I, I think it would have been more I think I would have been glued to the screen even if it went an extra five minutes or whatever. I think it could have been a potential showstopper even though it was short on time. But for that I gave it a B plus. Again, I think that's higher than Meltzer's rating. Yeah, he gave it two and two quarters. Ouch. Two and a quarter. But what is the next one-on-one? Kurt Angle versus Eddie Guerrero. Oh. I think this is Eddie's last SummerSlam. My uh, second to last. Second to last. He died, in, he died in 2005. Um, so Dave Meltzer would give this three and three-quarter stars. I thought that was a little low, honestly, with these two guys. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you have two of the best of all time going at it, especially technically, too. Yeah, technically. And then, uh, like they were they were doing this injury angle with Kurt Angle like he was the he, when he was injured he had he had uh, Luther Reigns as his enforcer when he was the 
GM of oh, SmackDown. Yeah, Luther Reigns was out there. Yes, Luther Reigns was Kurt Angle's enforcer. So you had him in the match. It starts off with just a lot of back and forth technical wrestling that they would just they would just, you know, get on the mat and see who can out wrestle the other. Then eventually like then they would just go into a lot of arm drags and then go into some submissions. The the main story of this match was basically Kurt Angle being able to lock in the ankle lock on Eddie Guerrero and just punish him with it. And another thing with this match, isn't there a lot of move stealing between these two? Yes, there was. Yes. Yeah, um, I I know we saw Eddie Guerrero. He got an I think he got an ankle lock on Kurt at one point. He did an angle slam. He too. did an angle yeah. slam. Um, I, don't, I don't think Kurt really stole any moves from Eddie. I mean, Kurt did. Kurt does the suplexes, but you know, Eddie does the three amigos. It's basically yeah, yeah. basically kind of the same thing there. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, it started off just a bunch of technical mat wrestling. Went into a little power with the suplexes. Um, and then, uh, of course, Kurt just working Eddie over with the ankle. And then I, the match ends. I, I think with, I think, uh, yeah, Eddie ankle lock. Yeah. yeah, Kurt. Well, well, eventually throughout the in the middle of the match, uh, Eddie Guerrero has his has his boot taken off because that was that was oh, part of yeah, the rivalry. That's part of the rivalry. Yeah. Yes, where in a match I think on SmackDown or just somewhere earlier in the rivalry, they that. Uh, that uh, Eddie, Eddie basically loosened up his boot when Kurt went for the ankle lock. Eddie was able to slip out of it, mm-hmm. and then eventually win the match. So in this match, so Kurt Angle gets so Kurt Angle gets the upper hand. He he takes off Eddie's boot, mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh, locks in an ankle lock again at the end. And then Eddie eventually taps out. I thought it was a hell of a match. And I think there was a ref spot in there too, so that's always an added bonus. I can't remember. Uh, I think there probably was a ref spot. There's always ref spots. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, like you said, I think it was a great back-and-forth match. Oh, yeah. and I think they have great chemistry, obviously. Yeah, they, they can do it all. They're, and I think it play, they both played up the heel character well because I think Kurt was kind of a heel, too, at the time. Kurt was a heel. Eddie was, Eddie was the charming baby face, really, at this point. I mean, yeah, he does the lie, cheat, and steal, mm-hmm. but he does it to win. I mean, yeah, he does it to win, but Eddie was so beloved, he was a baby face. And I know I said this about the last match, but I think this was, could have been a showstopper as well. I gave it an A minus. So I think it was a really. This was my favorite match on the card. Really? Really? Yes. Up next, we have Triple H. And Eugene. Facing off with uh, Eugene. Oh, uh, boy. Meltzer actually gave this two and a half stars. I was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised. I thought he would have given it a lot lower. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to put it out there. I mean, a lot of this was because of Triple H. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's better than Eugene. Eugene, if you don't know anything about Eugene, he's basically kind of a slower... How do I say this? Slower in storyline, Eugene was Eric Bischoff's mentally uh, handicapped nephew. Yeah, and Eric Bischoff was trying to get him fired, so he put him in a match against Triple H, and he's basically just a fan that takes moves. I mean, we see him. Well, he hit, he hit a rock bottom. Yeah, he hit a stunner. He hit a rock bottom. Um, I think he eventually went for a pedigree. Oh, he did hit a pedigree. He did hit a pedigree on Triple H. I mean, Eugene gets a lot of upper hand early on here, which is surprising. Yeah, he, yeah, tri- yeah. Eugene started the match strong. 
Yeah, he hits like yeah, he hits some elbow drops, uh, running axe handle. Oh, this was a weird spot. We had a Lillian Garcia spot where Triple H kind of used her as a shield. Then uh, she she takes some spot, and then Eugene checks on her, and then you and then Triple H she starts stomping the hell out of Eugene with. Him. After that, yeah, that was a yeah, weird that, was, spot. that was a weird spot, interesting spot, but yeah. I mean. <sighs> well, that's just Triple H faking a knee injury, being the cerebral assassin. Yeah. And then Eugene walks behind, walks away, and then uh, Triple H gets up and just blasts him with a clothesline. There's a lot of cheap shots from Triple H because obviously he's the heel and he's the cerebral guy. And oh yeah, that, Ric Flair actually. Came Ric out Flair came out. I was gonna get yeah. Ric Flair comes out. He puts he helps uh, Nate kick out of that pedigree from Eugene. He puts his foot on the rope, and then Flair ends up getting ejected. Yes. Also, we had uh, William Regal come out. Oh, God, yeah, Re- William Regal came yeah, out. Yeah, Regal came out. Hit, uh, Rick, as Ric Flair was going back to the to the locker room, uh, he, Regal hits Ric Flair with some brass knuckles, and then Triple H eventually got the pedi- hit the pedigree on Eugene, ah. and then he won the match because R- Regal wasn't able to get to the ring in time to break up the pin. But, I don't know. For me, it was too long to be invested in it. HHH, obviously, I mean, he, he obviously carried the match. I think it was at least okay. It was at least okay that Ric Flair came out kept you glued it kind of made you look up and be like oh shit rick flair's out here now what's he doing out here but other than that i don't know well, i wasn't well, i wasn't too fond though. of it i wasn't really too fond of the match i mean they did tell the story well because eugene steals the moves he sees on tv but too long i think i think it should have been a squash well that's the thing with triple h he loves to have his time that is true and let's be honest, the Eugene gimmick would not work today. It's kind of an offensive gimmick, to be honest with you. I don't know what you think about it, but oh yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely it definitely kind of crosses the line a bit. I mean, if they were, I mean, they did, I mean, they did it, you know, to to build him up, and you know, you feel you feel sympathy towards him, but it, I you can't get away with that today. You really no. can't. But, okay, after that, we don't even have a match. We have a Divas Dodgeball Tournament. That was just a match. Which I guess was a match, yeah. It was just a two-minute dodgeball match. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. The only thing that really happened, like, I guess, it was like the WWE Divas, and then uh, I don't know who the other team was, really. I think it was some, like, uh, mm. some tryouts, I guess. I don't that know. or, like, I don't know. I don't know who it was. Uh, they won. <laughs> the tryout team won, I guess. And uh, the only thing that really happened was Trish Stratus and Victoria got into a brawl afterwards. That was about the only notable ah. thing about this. I just found it interesting. They were only playing with two balls. Like that was stupid. That doesn't make sense. And they were using like and there was only like a little of a fo- yeah a little court. quarter of the basketball court. Like why? That's not fun. It wasn't very fun to watch. Well, yeah, and you had Jonathan Coachman there. We got to see the coach. It was a eh. coach before Sports Center. If I had to grade it, I'd probably give it an F. Let's be honest. But I mean, I gave it an F. It's kind of ungradable. <laughs> Up next, we had JBL defending the WWE Championship against the Undertaker. Ooh, yeah. Taker, 
Taker, he's back to being the dead man now after... Yes, it's right I, after his... Uh, his WrestleMania 20 return where he came back and beat Kane as the yeah. dead man after his American... Ba- yeah, his Viking, American badass yeah. gimmick. So it starts off... It starts off... Taker... Uh, um, they lock, like they lock up. Taker gets the upper hand. And he actually throw, just throws JBL out of the ring. JBL tries to sneak up on Taker when J- Taker had his back turned, and then Taker just turns around and bounces him off the steel steps. Classic Undertaker. Taker eventually goes for an old school where he where he uh, grabs the arm, yeah. climbs up the ropes, and then uh, basically hits a jumping move on onto the sh- with the shoulder. But uh, JBL countered that into a neck breaker. And then, he, then he hits a sidewalk slam for a quick two count. And then uh, he climbs up, and actually he, JBL went to the top rope. Yeah, a, that was it's a shoulder you block. Don't see JBL go to the top rope. No, you do not. And uh, JBL throws Taker into the corner. And then uh, Taker actually counters and uh, gets him into an armbar, and then he eventually gets him up for the old school and, and hits the move. Taker then hits his powerful DDT that he was famous for for a quick two count. Then uh, eventually Taker actually put JBL in a, in a triangle choke submission. They didn't call it the Hell's Gate. This was before he really started doing the Hell's Gate submission move. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Then, uh... Oh, no. Orlando Jordan was out there. That's... Because, yes. uh... I forgot uh, to mention that. JBL had his cabinet. <laughs> yeah. Um, he hits a big boot, but... And then, uh... Taker, Taker eventually turns around and hits one on JBL. And then he hits Orlando Jordan with one. <laughs> Then uh, JBL takes out Taker's knee, slams his he he worked over Taker's knee a lot, mm-hmm. slammed it in the ring post several times. I think that was what he was trying to do. And uh, the referee got distracted, I think, by Orlando Jordan. And then uh, JBL just hit, grabs a chair and hits Taker's leg with it. And then eventually Taker fights back, hits a big boot, bounces him off the steel steps again. And uh, JBL eventually took out his leg, and then. And then he actually hits Taker's knee with a steel steps. That was the that was the theme of JBL's idea in this match was just to work his legs over to where he couldn't use the big power game. He couldn't where he couldn't use the choke slam or the tombstone. Then uh, let's see, we have Orlando Jordan gets involved again, throws Taker into the ring. JBL d- continues to damage his knee, and Taker actually countered. Into a Boston Crab, which you don't see Taker do a lot of submissions like that. I mean, he does. He did the Hell's Gate like mm-hmm, in two thousand eight, yeah. but started doing that in two thousand eight. But before that, he really didn't do a lot of submissions. Then uh, Taker hits his patent big right hands. You know, they say he's the big, he's the hardest, hardest striker, striker in the WWE. Game, yeah. uh, bounces him off the announce table, hits an elbow on it in JBL's face. And then the patented taker leg drop. The patented taker leg drop. Then uh, JBL actually hits Taker with the ring ropes. <laughs> he stunned him with them. Then uh, Taker Taker eventually gets JBL backed into a corner again. You know those big right hands. And then uh, they actually go to the top. He puts him on the top of the rope and hits a superplex for two count. Taker then. Goes he goes for the last ride, which he made famous during his badass gimmick, and uh, JBL counters it and uh, takes out his knee. And Taker tries to go for the choke slam, but JBL again 
takes out his knee. He worked it over all match. Yes. So he, so Taker's knee's killing him. And uh, Taker actually hit a spine buster in this match. That's interesting. Yeah, movie you don't see but yeah, Undertaker see much from the Undertaker. Then uh, Taker hits his running clothesline, uh, where he just you know he threw JB on the ropes and just runs in and clotheslines. <laughs> then uh, Taker goes for. Then Taker, uh, here this is a little Taker move stealing. He uh, hits the snake eyes, and mm. then he, we knew more he'd go for the big boot, but this time he goes for he hits the clothesline from hell. And then uh, Taker then go hits the choke slam after that for the two. Goes for the tombstone, but Jor- Orlando Jordan distracts him. JBL hits a clothesline from hell, but Undertaker kicks out at two because Undertaker can't be done after one finisher. Then JBL, he he starts throwing big rights on Undertaker. Taker, here, Taker throws spot. JBL in. Here, here's a ref spot. <laughs> throws him into the ref, knocks him out. Then Orlando Jordan grabs the belt, throws it in the ring. JBL hits Taker with it. Jordan uses ref's hand to count the pin. But Taker kicks out. And Taker kicks out of it. Then the JBL hits a clothesline from hell. Take, Taker eventually wakes back up, counters. He counters some punches, and then he hits a last ride on, on a JBL. Jordan... Again, tries to get involved. He try he tries to hit Undertaker with a belt, but Taker hits a big boot and then hits and then he grabs the belt, hits JBL with it, and the ref actually comes to and DQs the Undertaker. So, so Undertaker or T- JBL wins. JBL wins the match by DQ. That sets off the Undertaker. Taker even he beats up he beats up JB he beats up JBL. He went to the limo that JBL would ride in on. Mm-hmm. And he pulled the horn, the long horns off of it. Yeah, that was cool. And then he power slammed JBL onto the limo, and then he took JBL up to, like onto the roof of the car and choke slammed him through it. So JBL leaves SummerSlam in a bloody mess. So overall, I honestly enjoyed the match. Like, I know JBL wasn't the greatest worker, but and Taker, you know, he's Undertaker, he's great. But honestly, I thought the two big men put on a great match. I, I yeah, I thought it was a great physical match between the two big guys. Lots of close counts, big moves. I think JBL really played up his heel persona well. Yeah. Um, both men looked strong throughout, though. I mean, obviously JBL looked a little like a weasel, but this was well, and this is like this was JBL's first big feud since mm-hmm. he won the championship. Yeah. And it was. I like the finish. It continued with the story and shows the dark side to the Undertaker of losing his cool and that he's not. He, I don't know. I mean, he's just usually he's just kind of like the face. He's kind of a face people like him. But this kind of shows that darker side to him that that he can go. He can still some, go evil. You could consider heel tactics because they are pretty evil. I mean, for a face like you know, see yeah. John Cena doing that when he's a face, or but I like I like that. I gave it an A. What did Meltzer give that match? Uh, I think it was I don't think it was very high. No, it was not. I think it was like two stars. Two, two, five. Two stars. Oh, Meltzer. I thought it was a good match. Yeah. Hey. Told a good story. And then the main event, my boy, the St. Louis-born Randy Orton versus Chris Benoit. We will name him here. Yes, we will. Uh, for the World Heavyweight title, which was on Raw at the time. Interesting. But uh, this basically just kind of starts two guys kind of stare down each other. Of course, Randy being the young, cocky, up-and-comer. Benoit's been there for yeah, a he's while. Yeah, he, he won the belt at Mania. 
Yeah. So this is this is Orton's first world heavyweight chance, I think. Yeah. But an early tie-up between the two in the corner. Benoit gets in a chin lock on Orton. Um, Orton... Uh, he hits a Greco-Roman lock or something. They said something about that. Um, yeah. I can't remember what they called it. I know they said it was... But... A lot, a lot. It was very kind of a lot of slow technical wrestling to start, mm-hmm. because I mean Benoit's a technical wrestler, and Randy he can be technical, but I mean, yeah. Oh, saw, saw an interesting move with Randy actually hitting a sharpshooter. Sharp yeah, shooter. that was interesting. I've never seen Randy Orton do a sharpshooter. Well, this was back yeah. when he was the legend killer. Yeah, back when back in the day. And the match eventually ends up going out of the ring. Randy Orton threw Benoit into the post. And Randy threw Benoit into the side of the ring. Like, ugh, hurt. And eventually... Uh, let's see, where are we at here? Uh, I think we're kind of like in here. Yeah, yeah, there we go. But uh, yeah, Randy tries to pin Chris with his feet. Leverage pin, get some extra leverage. But the Earl Hebner... Good old referee recognizes it right away and count is called off. Orton wasn't too happy about that, but obviously. Orton then locks in an elbow submission, but Benoit, of course, will power out chops and forearms. Benoit, Lots of, Benoit can hit some chops. This is one of the most this is one of the most I've seen Randy Orton use submission matches. Submission moves in this match. Interesting, but this is young Randy. But then, yeah, Orton throws Benoit in the ring for a two. Orton will hit a bunch of punches in his neck breaker. And he locks in a camel clutch. Again, another submission move from Randy Orton. You don't see that much anymore. And and Benoit keeps getting it out and out. Benoit Benoit just counter basically all the submissions with chops. Yeah, it's (laughs) back and forth chops. Oh, Painful. Randy eventually will see him go for an RKO, but Benoit hits a clothesline and then locks in a sharpshooter of his own. But Randy will reach the rope. You think he's going to tap, but he will reach the rope and then hits a couple suplexes. Actually, Benoit suplexes him after that. Ah, Benoit suplexes him. Okay, yeah. Then Randy blocks another suplex, but Benoit just hits more. (laughs) Benoit loved his suplexes. And of course, Benoit before Daniel Bryan did this diving headbutt move. Oh, it was so painful. To watch. Probably why he had a lot of issues. But he gets the but Randy gets his knee up and blocks it, so he was unsuccessful there. Didn't he hit? Didn't he block it when hitting him in the face? Yeah, right in the oh, face. It was so Randy goes for the pin, but Benoit counters into a crossface hole. Randy rolls out of it and hits RKO. His first RKO. I think Jr. even said an RKO out of nowhere. For the pin and the win, this is the youngest world heavyweight champion right here, Randy Orton. So this is probably one. This is this is why we re, we regard this as one of your favorite SummerSlams. You're a big Randy Orton guy. Yeah, I am. But I mean, I thought it was, oh, a, it was a good match. I thought it was a good match between the two, and I I think Orton looked good and got that win that eventually propelled him to what he is today. 
And I like, I really like this, that he did it without evolution and did it on his own. You didn't see Triple H come out. You didn't see Batista Mm -hmm. come out. You didn't see Ric Flair come out. He did it on his own. And you you know what I liked really at the end of that? Is that they shook each other's hands? Chris Benoit got up and said, shake my hand. You be a man and shake my hand. You don't see that very often unless unless you're going to see a heel turn. Yeah. In a big profile. Like this year at WrestleMania, Shinsuke got up, he bowed to AJ, shook his hand, and then low-blowed him to turn heel. I think that's a good sign of respect between the veteran yes. and a young up-and-comer who's yes. obviously talented. Yeah, I, I like that. It was kind of a passing of the torch there a little mm-hmm. bit from Ben Wada, Randy. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great match. Uh, Melzer, I think, even he, kind he of liked, liked it. Yeah, it. yeah he, gave it, he gave it four and a quarter. Four and a quarter stars. Wow. Yeah, One of the higher-rated Randy Orton matches. I thought it was a great match. I mean, I mean, Benoit. I think Benoit did carry the match, but you know, made he made Randy look like a million bucks. Yeah, I mean, they looked both guys. Obviously. Probably one of their better matches. One of the only few matches those two ever had against each other. Probably. Yeah, probably. What a way to do it. I mean. Any other thoughts on SummerSlam 2004? I mean, I thought it was a good pay-per-view. It was a fun I'm hoping pay-per-view. this year's pay-per-view stacks up to be that great. I think this one could be. It has the potential. It has the potential. Um, I mean, we're going to see Joe and AJ square off this year. I mean, you're going to see Brock and Roman again. Excited for that. But but, um, but, we all, but you have the possibility of Braun lurking behind them. Yeah, yeah. Ron or Kevin Owens. Or Kevin Owens, whatever they do with that, but... Ron wins. I'm sorry, but Brock's keeping that money in the bank. Something I did want to bring up, we should have done this at the beginning of the show, but we actually had two WWE wrestlers pass away today. First was Nikolai Volkov. Yeah, he was famous. Famous the, with the 1980s and... 70s, 80s, or WWF time, like when Vince McMahon took over, he... Yeah, he was basically a tag team guy with the Iron Sheik a lot. He was and a foreign Freddy, classy, His classy Freddie Blassie. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was known for uh, always telling the crowd to stand up while he sang his, uh, the Soviet Union national anthem. Uh, I mean, I heard. I mean, he was a nice guy outside the ring. I mean, we, we want to wish our thoughts and condolences to his family. And then another one today was uh, Grandmaster Sexay, or uh, Brian Christopher, Brian Lawler, Jerry Lawler's son. Yeah. Passed away today. I think he was 46. Yeah, he was 46 years old. And yeah. a lot of circumstances I don't want to get into there, but we hope the best for Jerry and his family yeah, right now. Wish our, yeah, we wish, yeah, we want to wish our best th- our thoughts and send our thoughts and prayers to Jerry and his family at this time. And uh, just tell them that we're, you know, we're thinking of them. Yeah. I think that's it for this episode, though. I can't think of anything else right now. I think we're good. Yep. I'll see we'll see you guys next time. Thank you and goodbye.